You're listening to Sex in Iceland with Sigadak, the sexologist. Here you'll be following me on my trips through Iceland, talking about sex, delivering sex ed, stand up about sex, and just whatever comes up really. So if you're interested in sex, or even if you're just interested in Iceland, this might be something for you. What love is, I want you to show me. Oh, it takes me back to being a child. I love these kind of songs. I, I just, they, they resonated with me. They spoke to me. So, Foreigner is playing in Iceland. Mm. I'm not sure that I am going to go. Or that I actually do have a friend that um, I went to see Toto with when Toto came to Iceland. Um, and that was actually a little bit amazing and crazy but I don't know I, I think it's gonna be like people my parents age and then me or something and people my parents age, age and older and then me so I don't know I was too young for this to be like my makeout song this was uh, this was kind of my song for when I was little and dreamed of being in love and dreamed of all the romances that lay ahead then I would be singing this song in other Icelandic news uh, we lost in Eurovision well, not lost well, yeah, kind of, but you know, we didn't, we didn't manage to, um, we weren't voted to partake in the main event, which is, uh, there's always like two, two events that you need to be voted out of to be able to compete in the main event, which is always on a Saturday night. Um, so we didn't, we weren't able to, we, uh, we sucked ass basically. And when this is recorded, uh, I do not know who has won Eurovision, but also because I don't really care. I'm not a Eurovision fan. I know it's completely unpatriotic of me to say so, but I'm not big on Eurovision. I've, I know, I've never have been. I, what is happening here? Ooh, something about queer days. Okay. Um, or Reykjavik Pride. I'm getting an email about Reykjavik Pride. I need to read that later on. So it's just Eurovision. You know, like Iceland goes crazy for Eurovision. Every single freaking year we think we've sent the winner. And we're like, this year, we're going to win. We're going to win. And I have to say, the songs this year, because we have like a little pre-contest here at home to choose which song actually goes on our behalf to Eurovision. And I have to say, they were just not good. They weren't exciting. They weren't different. And last year we could have had an amazing song, but we didn't choose to send that one and the year before we couldn't have an amazing song but did we send the amazing song no we always sent the second best like the runner-up who i don't know wins by popularity vote or something crazy like that oh gets me so it gets me so mad so eurovision is not something that i'm big on I have to say, but I do watch it because I have children who are four and six and this is talked about in schools and like they have to know what's what's our song, how did the song do and stuff like that, you know, so they are able to have conversations at school or else they'll just be left out of the conversations and thought to be weird, which of course nobody, no parent wants to happen to the children. So anyways, I did watch the Eurovision thing and I really liked, I have to say, Israel, I really liked their um, toy song. It was really weird. And there was some other song and there was this 
guy twerking with a um, little school bag. And I have never understood, like when I lived in Australia during my studies, my master's studies, Australia took a fascination in Eurovision, like so much of, an, of a fascination that they actually, I think, are competing now in Eurovision. It's so bizarre to me. That they, I mean, I know that they come from Brits. I know that they're expats from Brit or Brit, Britain or you know ex-cons or whatever you want to call it. But still, it's Eurovision. Like you're watching it at these weird hours because of the time difference, and it's Eurovision. It's not like the world's greatest song contest. Well, apparently people think so. But maybe I should not uh, diss Eurovision because I know there are a lot of people out there who truly do love it, even though I am not one of them. But I mean. The, the songs, like the song Conchita, she was cool. Um, the guys from France who won, what, in 2008 or something, they were cool. Um, who else was cool? I don't remember. Oh, the Salvatore from Portugal who won last year, he was cool. But that's, I think, that, I mean, that's about it, right? Well, I, you know, please do not leave me comments about Eurovision. I, I really don't care. I couldn't really care less. But, oh, I loved when we had Podloska. He was amazing. So ahead of his time. But that's what happens with people who are ahead of their time. Uh, modern times don't understand people from the future. Sad to say. Talking about that, uh, what else has been in Icelandic news that is of importance? Uh, yeah, I want to do a shout out to Ice Tralia, which is um, an Icelandic comedian or and a cartoon character. No, he's not a cartoon character. He's a cartoon Draw, draw, artist, I guess. Hulikar Takson, which I know he's an international fan based. And Jonathan Duffy, who is Australian, but lives here in Iceland. And they have a podcast together. So if you're fishing for Icelandic interesting podcasts, Australia, mixing together Iceland and Australia, is definitely one that you might want to check out. So I just wanted to do a shout out to that. But... Um, in other news, what's there in other news of Iceland? I don't really, f I don't really follow the news. Like I, I'm not one of those persons that um, looks at the media many times a day, and I'm not like, okay, what just happened at Parliament? I need to know. I'm, I just, like, I couldn't care less. Well, you know, that's not maybe the whole truth. Like I, I listen to the news when I'm driving and, but I don't remember watching them at seven when they're shown on the TV and I, oh, now they start hammering. This is what happens when you have construction workers. So we're um, mending our house. It, it needs to be put in clothes. I don't know how to say this properly, but we're applying some, I don't know, basic clothes on the house so it won't leak and be cold and really insanely expensive to heat up. So I hope this doesn't bother you guys too much. They are doing the best that they can out there and my office still isn't ready so I'm still recording at home and it's so funny you know when you're freelance um, and your days they're not conventional you know they don't have the office hours of nine to five so like now I'm working from home but also because one of my boys is um, is a bit ill. He has flu or he has the flu or something. So I'm like trying to cram some podcast recording while my baby boy is sleeping in the pram. Oh, did you know, guys know that we put our babies in a pram and we have them sleep outside? Like I think most of you people do know that actually. And I've um, I've had my baby sleeping in a pram outside a cafe, and I've had 
visitors, like travelers, tourists who have actually looked into the pram and been like, oh my God, can we take a picture? And they, one foreigner actually, or one, um, not foreigner, but one tourist actually poked the kid. My mama bear radar went insane. Like you never, ever wake up a sleeping child. That's like holy. That's like, that's like sacred right there. We know how much energy you put into putting your kid to sleep and somebody disturbing that. Like, I went ballistics. Well, anyway, ballistic, not ballistics. Obviously, I didn't have a ballistics report, but I went ballistic. You know, bear with me with the English. It takes me a little bit to get into the sink of things. Sink of things? To get into the hang of things, I guess. So this might be annoying to some. I apologize in advance, but you need to know that in Iceland, we speak Icelandic not English. And yes, our second language is Danish. We do learn it before we learn English. But mind you, almost all of our television is in English, you know, and we do st- subtitles. We do not dub. Um, so we're, we're way better in English than we are in Danish. And uh, frankly, you know, talking Danish, is it's really hard. And when you go to Denmark, they're not really helping. So, you know, Danes, they can be really... And it's actually quite a popular joke here in Iceland to make fun of Danes and their accent. It's like it will always get huge responses from the audience if you make Danish jokes. So, for instance, um, because their accent is... is It's quite difficult. And I was um, in a cafe in Copenhagen, which is in Denmark. And I was trying to order a Coke... So here's how I would ask for a Coke. Hi, can I have a cola? What I ended up with was chocolate milk. Oh, Coca. No, I said cola. Oh, and I was like, why Why wouldn't you? You know, and it's really hard. And they're always like, and you're going like, why can't you just allow me then to speak English if you totally refuse to understand me? So we have a love-hate relationship with um, Denmark. We like love it and we have a lot of Danish words that we have kind of just kept in our Icelandic vocabulary. But one thing you should know about Icelanders and the Icelandic language is that we try to make an Icelandic word out of each and every foreign word. So like you have iPad or... um, smartphones we have an Icelandic word for that you have binge watching we have an Icelandic word for that and like every single English word that like that that enters into the English vocabulary we will try to have an Icelandic word for that I kid you not so anyways I've been doing these surveys online and so we're we're, I mean we're a nation of 340,000 people posting something online usually especially if it's regarding sex you can get huge responses and because you know 99% of Icelandic homes have computers and internet um, and people like everybody has a smartphone seriously so you can get huge responses in just like a matter of minutes this recording is turning out to be a never-ending story of pauses because you know that's what it's like recording at home I love having irregular hours for my work hours like tonight I am working I have uh, like a little stand-up gig for um, some physical therapists Mm -hmm. and oh and I just read the um, the mail from Reykjavik Pride and they want to talk about sex this year at Pride which I totally of course, um, celebratory of. 
is that even a word? Well, I celebrate it, anywho. Um, and they're asking if I will be a part of it. And it sounds kind of cool. Kind of, they want to kind of do it in a carnival, festival y, campy, fun kind of way, which is totally up my alley. I love it. Seeing is also my sex ed is regardless of orientation and regardless of identity. So I just talk about communication and then I talk about how genitals work and how the ass works. So regardless of what you have or how you're going to use what you have um, and regardless of who you're attracted to or not attracted to, I try to keep my... um, my sex ed as neutral as possible neutral but still exciting and catering to all you know okay so anyway back to the survey at hand so i did this on um fellatio and oral sex fellatio and what's that cunnilingus yeah i love that word cunnilingus so i did um uh, the survey about uh, oral sex and it was an online survey. Um, it had over 1,600 responses. Mm-hmm. And that was only in like, I think, two days or something. Because, you know, people are quite interested when it's talking about sex. And most um, of the respondents were between the ages 21 to 35. Okay. And it was, you know, 76% females versus 23% men. So... A high representation from the ladies here. Um, most of the people were uh, straight, so only like 9% were bi and 2% were pan and only 2% were gay. So it was really, it was straight females were answering these questions. Straight females between the ages of 20 and 30 were answering these questions, basically. So it might give you an idea of what they feel like when it comes to, uh, what they think about when it comes to oral sex. So, and uh, most of them were in a relationship. So um, over 80% of the the um, people who responded were in a romantic and or sexual relationship with a partner on a regular basis. Um, most of them actually did have oral sex with their partner and 67% said that they enjoyed giving oral sex whereas 25% were like "Mm, sometimes sometimes I enjoy it sometimes I don't and then they were asked what do you think about when you are giving your partner oral sex and the most common answer was his pleasure or him but Also, a very common answer was nothing or it depends. But they also wonder, does he like it? Is he pleasured by this? And some are fearful about having semen in their mouth. They don't want to swallow. Some people get really turned on. Some women think about other women. Some people are thinking about the taste um, of the gentles, the flavor, um, the response that they're getting. And it's just all over the place. But here's there's some also think, oh, I think it's like this one person wrote, oh, I think it's disgusting. I think about the smell. I think, does he really like this? Like, is he going to come? Am I doing it right? Oh, it's just, I, I don't like it at all. Um, 
some people say, oh, I'm thinking about how I just want to drill myself into that ass. And some people say, oh, is it her wetness or is it my drooling? One, one person said, I'm hungry. Another person said, I just want to do this well. And another person said, just come already. So it's all over the place what they're actually thinking about when they are giving oral sex. Okay, so then I asked them, do you masturbate while you are giving oral sex? And a whopping 59% said no. 37% said occasionally. So I'm like, huh, that's a lot of people who are not giving themselves pleasure while masturbating. And that might be because, you know, it can be hard to multitask and you just want to focus at one thing at a time. But seeing as we have a high proportion of women answering, I wonder also if it plays into that shame factor that, oh my God, I can't be pleasuring myself. That would be so awkward. I don't know how to do it or I don't do it or I could never do it in front of another person. So another question, I receive oral sex from my current partner. 55% says, yeah, I, uh, yeah, regularly. 11% says, I have like uh, around 30%. Yeah, I have. And sometimes. Okay. So we can say it's like a, it's a 50, 50 thing if it's um, on a regular, but most people have received oral sex from their partner, from this, the people who uh, replied to the survey. Um, do you enjoy, do, do you enjoy it sexually getting oral sex? And 79% said yes, but 17% said sometimes. Do you orgasm getting oral sex? 46% said Yes, 30% said sometimes, but a quarter almost said Mm-mm, no. Do you give oral sex until your partner has orgasmed? And just over 50% says sometimes, 33% says yeah, almost all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I asked, are you worried about the taste of your genitals when you are getting, when you are receiving oral sex or when you're giving oral sex um a whopping 58 percent said yep i worry about my own taste but 28 percent said yeah i worried about the taste of my partner so when your partner has given you oral sex do you kiss your partner straight away 84 percent said mm-hmm, yep i do but nine percent said no. So it's like a one in 10 almost that would say no. Are you worried about the smell of your genitals? And 62% said, yep, I worried about my own smell. 28% said, yeah, I worried about my partner's smell. So I'd say smell and taste are factors here, people, for just over half of those people, half of people who are having oral sex. Do you give your sex partner directions when you're getting oral sex? Uh, just under 50% says, yep, 22% says no, and 28% says, I don't have to. Um, do you ask your sexual partner for instructions in sex? Over half of people, just over 50% says, yes, I do, whereas 26% says no. So I'm glad that at least half of those people are asking for directions, and just under half are giving directions.
How important as a part of your sex life is getting oral sex from a partner? Here we have 69%, which is quite funny, you know, 69%, you know, 69 and all. It's quite poetic, actually. 69% of respondents say that it is quite important. So this is just going to be that episode, the episode where I always get interrupted. Maybe the cosmos doesn't want you to have this information about the oral sex life of Icelanders. I don't know at this point. But anyway, let's continue and see how if we get through this. So, um, yeah, just under uh, just 60, yeah, 69% of respondents said that it was quite important part of their sex. 69%. And 23% said, yeah. I could live without it. Either way, you know. So I, I'd say that this was definitely an indicator that um, oral sex is something that you need to discuss within your relationship as a part of your sex life. And it might be a, a deal breaker for some people who act, who don't want to receive it or who don't, don't want to give it. So you, this is something that you would need to ask. Like, I feel that oral sex is a very important part of my sex life. Is this something that you would be comfortable in giving me? Would you like to... Because it doesn't always go hand in hand, receiving and giving. So some people might actually like giving oral sex while they might not like receiving it and vice versa you might like receiving it but not like giving it and this is not a quid pro quo this is not like I do this to you you need to do this to me this is just negotiations people and if somebody doesn't want to receive or doesn't want to um, give oral sex we need to respect that as well and you need to make up your mind how important it is to you and your sex life okay so I asked them do you fondle um, the I don't know if you should say sphincter or just the ass with your finger when you're giving oral sex. So 29% says it happens, but here we have over 50% that says, uh-uh, ain't happening. No, I do not. Okay, so giving oral sex to a penis, do you swallow the semen or do you spit it out? And here, most of the uh, 33%, so a third, swallow, and 16% spit it out, 29% say, I finish with a hand so I don't get semen in my mouth, and 22% say, oh, it depends. So it's not a split pie four ways, um, as one third does actually, in fact, swallow. How important... Uh, what how, what is it an important part of your sex life to give your partner oral sex and here we have over 70% of of participants say that it's quite an important part of their sex life and mind you this is disproportionately straight women who are answering this okay and then i asked them why do you give oral sex and a lot of people say because it's fun it's good, it's hot, it turned me on because I'm asked, because I want to because I want to give pleasure, because he likes it, because I enjoy it. So they all in all, it's quite it's quite an a positive experience, okay? Um, is oral sex a common thing of your sex life with another person? And here we have just under 70% that says, yeah, in more than half of the sex that I have, or most of the time, oral sex is a part of my sex life. So I mean, 70%, that's a huge number. Mm -hmm. 
how, I say golden question here, how often do you go in, do you, um, go into a position 69 when having oral sex? Okay, people, 50% say rarely, very seldom, and 12% say never, 25 said I've tried it, so only 11% say most of the time when I have sex, I will get into 69, 11%. Um, Is oral sex a part of your sex when having a one-night stand? Because this is something I've noticed. People feel, seem to feel, and, and this is something that also is reflected here in the survey, is that people seem to feel that oral sex is quite an intimate part of sex. So that to me is quite interesting. So here, um, over 50% says they do not have one night stands. 17% said it depends on who I'm having sex with. But uh, 18% say, yeah. Um, usually oral sex is a part of my sex life in a one night stand or a part of the sex in a one stand, but that's not like it's under 20% people. But mind you, the respondents here actually said, I do not have one night stands. So that's gonna kind of not maybe giving an accurate photo, accurate picture of it. Okay. Then I asked them if they were rimming as well. And there we had 70% saying, no, I do not rim. 17% said, mm, it happens. I thought that was quite interesting. 7% will do it if you ask them. Then I asked, do you use protection during oral sex? And 87% says, no, never. 11% say, I have. So people are not being protected. But mind you, these are straight women in relationships. So they're probably less likely, because they're in a relationship, um, they're less likely to use protection. And that's actually what they say in the comment section. Because they're in a committed relationship, that's why they do not use protection. But also people are like, what? Protection for oral sex? What are you talking about? How would you do that? And just for a couple of comments before we conclude this episode, people are saying... um, People are saying, with the right person, this can be the best thing in the world. Another person says, oh, it's mega nice, which is something we say in Icelandic, mega nice. Um, People say, they also say, I'd probably never lick an ass. Another person says, I wish it were more often. My husband is kind of shy. Another person says, men don't know what they're supposed to do. But still, they don't ask for directions. Another person says, oh, I love it. Another person says, oral sex is the best. I didn't know that they had protection for oral sex. Oh, I wish I had more oral sex in this relationship that I'm in now. I had so much more in my previous relationship, but not in this one. Uh, One person said that they're um, asexual. Uh, One person said, I feel that oral sex is much more intimate than other kinds of sex. And one person says, it blows my mind. Um, It's always better if people are clean beforehand. Mm, Okay. 
Oh, one person said I was actually getting oral sex while I answered this question. Hmm, this questionnaire. I don't know about that, though. I don't know about that. Um, and I don't know about getting oral sex whilst driving. Like, we drive on Reikensbreiten, which is a very high speed, you know, driving at least 100 kilometers per hour, which is very fast. Don't, don't have oral sex while you're driving that fast. It's dangerous, people, you know. Have a little bit of common sense. And what I usually recommend to my ladies, and I say ladies because I mostly lecture to women, not men, because, I don't know, men seem to be scared of me or something. I say, okay, if you're trying to introduce um, oral sex into your relationship and you might be a bit shy about how you taste or something like that, you can use, um, um, what, what's it called? Lubricants that have like various tastes and you can have a taste me Tuesday. What's a taste me Tuesday, you ask? I am glad you did ask. Because a taste me Tuesday is where you can take a flavored lubricant and you can put some on your vulva and you can have like a blind taste test. So your partner goes down in you and then they have to distinct which flavors it is. It can be so fun, especially if you have all these different kinds of flavored lubricants right now. And I've actually done this for a TV show and one of my volunteers for this craziness was amongst others a priest a pastor i don't know the difference between a priest and a pastor but it was so funny people were like why is a priest tasting lube in a blind taste test on tv at the at dinner time that was hilarious well this concludes to this week's episode and i think for next week episodes roll 12 we'll dive into the sex life of icelanders a little bit more and i might even talk about icelanders or masturbating at work mm-hmm. I did a survey on that and I think we might need to talk about it. So for now, over and out. This concludes this week's episode of Sex in Iceland with Sigurdur, a sexology.